0: I don't know if you can see it. I don't know if we can do a one. What do they call that? A one shot? Yeah, one shot. This is my scary Halloween tie. This is scary. What is scary tie. about it? Ducks are scary. Really? Yeah, when there are a lot of them. If there was just one duck, it wouldn't be scary. But there are a series of ducks. Yeah, an army of ducks. Uh, market call. It's Halloween. One o'clock on the East Coast. Guy Adami, Dan Nathan. Carter Braxton is in the wings. He'll be joining us. But let's go right to the rundown, because there's a lot going on today. Although the market looks vastly unchanged, we do a little chart check on the markets, yeah, aren't we? we, are. yeah, we are. Fed meeting kicks off all those geniuses. By the way, Stan Druckenmiller has a lot of comments about Treasury and Fed, but that's for another show. And AMD reports. Fascinating. What's coming Lot, up? Lots, in AMD. lots
1: going on in the chip space over the last couple of days. Actually, it has not been a layup to just kind of look at the reaction to some of these earnings and mm-hmm. just say the chips are falling apart. There, there's a couple in, some in the have space. Done well, that, yeah, some have done well. The AMD one is really interesting. You've highlighted on many occasions going back that quarter um, in late
0: May, I mm-hmm. think it was April May, um, whatever it was. It was yeah. right
1: right around the, the 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 breakout that we saw of Nvidia and the quarter and guidance that they gave. Um, you know, that thing was eighty bucks and it went to one hundred thirty. I think you mentioned it yesterday here. And here we are now. I mean, kind of at a level um, where something's going to give. Don't you think here? It's either going to actually
0: rip. got down to 92. And I think the day they reported that, as you say, that May quarter, it was closed around 90. So we did effectively round round trip trip the entire thing. Again, they could pull Rabbit out of the hat. Or, I mean, it could be disappointing again. I think the AI card, to a certain extent, has been played by a lot of these companies. I don't know what to tell you, but let's take a look at, we're, we're the CME day. Yeah, it is. So we'll look at the E-mini futures in terms of the S&P and yeah. see what's going on. I mean, bounce back up to what should be, again, resistance makes sense. I mean, all this chart makes sense. There's a lot of noise here. The market is struggling to figure things out. We're obviously through the moving average. The moving average, is it flattening out? I guess it'll obviously flatten out more if we were to sort of deteriorate from here. This should be a level of resistance right here. We traded through it, doing a sort of a check back. We'll see how it plays. You know know what's amazing
1: though, Guy, when you think about this, let's leave this chart up for a second here. So, you know, I remember, um, you know, for about a month and a half during April and May talking about that kind of 4,100 to Mm 4,200 range in the S&P 500. And it wasn't until that NVIDIA sort of, uh, you know, this AI fueled move where we saw that breakout and when you think about that move from 4,200 to 4,600 over the next call it two and a half months or so, it was all those top 10 stocks in the tech. Yeah, there was talk about this was broadening out and it wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Financials were acting like dog shit that whole time, mm-hmm. right? Industrials were starting to roll over. It was the topping out process of home builders. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, it, transports, disgusting, right? So here we are. We've round tripped that entire move. We're at this tech level here but we've done this again and again all of those sectors that i just mentioned guy they're all down on the year so other than 10 stocks that amounted for all of that outperformance you know what i mean that we've had the stock market is sick in my opinion it's i mean been it really no- yeah i good. agree
0: with you. it's been a noisy year it's funny i mean if you're bullish and just think everything's great you could say the market's been great this year well it hasn't been if you're bearish you'd be like there's been some real underperformance yet here we are the s&p is exactly the same level so it's This is a market this year, and we're in November, effectively, yeah. that has frustrated everyone. Unless you're tactical as hell and can see sort of the forest from the trees, if you had a level of dogma in terms of being bullish, you didn't do particularly well. And, con- frank, and you know, conversely, if you had that same dogma on the bear side, you haven't done particularly well. Maybe some individual stocks you've caught, but it's chopped a lot of people Ooh. up. I think there's going to be a lot more clarity next year. Now, I think I know what's going to happen. But with that said, I think you're gonna have a lot more clarity next year. Yeah, I'll just
1: say this: you know, until we get through that kind of you know prior support resistance right there, and we are right there. I mean, I could see a little bit of a bounce here. You know, like if you think about, and we're gonna talk you know about apple uh, a bit they report thursday after the close i mean if the apple is not as bad as some expect now it stocks down 13% from its highs and the guidance is is okay and china is not some big disaster mm-hmm. you know the market's going to rally i mean like like let's be clear on that you know like the financials are really oversold could you see people come in transports are really oversold industrials got really oversold i mean a lot of stuff is is fairly oversold um you know so to me if i wasn't you know thinking through my kind of macro helmet here guy i'd say it looks like poised for a bounce from these levels
0: well let's take a look at the next chart because we have a little bit of a downtrend line and i don't know necessarily if we can get to this is the nasdaq if we can bounce to these levels to your point i guess if apple pulls a rabbit out of their hat maybe you'll see us through the moving average i don't see it happening you know i think that downtrend to the extent that you believe that is one is intact there's probably another line below it that you can make sort of <clears throat> parallel lines in this downtrend this down channel that we're in yeah. i think we've broken and you know when you see an nvidia the way that's rolled over over the last couple of weeks specifically apple has not traded particularly well yes can they say something in the market gets excited absolutely but more and more voices on the apple side of thing at least seem to be more negative voices over the last yeah. couple of weeks than positive but that voices. makes
1: me a little nervous about the setup you know when you look at Apple, um, I just want to—I'm going to pull this up on my fact set machine right here. Yeah, okay. When you think about um, analyst coverage, okay, why do we quote analyst coverage? Because it, it kind of is a big input as far as sentiments concerned. 34 buys, 16 holds, and three sells. If I were to go look at Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Meta combined, there are like literally—I think they're like 90 some percent buy ratings mm-hmm. on the stock, maybe higher. Okay. So Apple, at least the analyst community. Seems a bit mixed on this thing the sentiment has gotten um a bit negative so and then the other point i just want to make about the nasdaq today is like i'm looking it up 10 bips right now guy okay so flat is 10 15 bips or so i'll tell you what's down on my screen apple's down Mm -hmm. microsoft's down google's down amazon's down meta is down so you're seeing money flow into some of these other parts of technology now the last thing i'll just say this is that you know on friday we had You know, uh, Intel was up, what, 9% or something like that. Amazon was up 6.5% or something like that. And the NASDAQ was basically, um, you know, down despite those two big gainers. So, at this point, I don't really know how to your – I don't think that uh, NASDAQ futures, I don't think they get back to that downtrend.
0: Nor do I. I mean, maybe we get back to the moving average. I mean, that's a bit of a bounce from here. But I think structurally that's now broken. It's the first time we've really tested this moving average since – Again, March, April, which yeah. makes sense. That's a conversation we're having. And we'll see. You know, the same way we overshot it over the last six months to the upside, you can see the same thing happen. It's not out of the realm of possibility to see the same thing happen on the downside. But here we are, and we're setting up for it into these earnings releases. So we'll see how it plays itself. All right. By.
1: Well, here's the good news. I mean, you don't have to take our word for it on the charts. We mm. have actually a, no, a technical uh, you know, expert here. His name is Carter Braxton. You guys all know him from Worth Charting. Carter. Team. How well, how are you? as always, guy. lots
2: of moving parts and uh, lots of opportunity to make it or hang ones. So.
1: You know, and we're just thumbing through the charts here a little bit. It must be very frustrating for you. Help us, help us think about what we were just looking at in, in the S&P futures and the NASDAQ 100 futures here a little bit. Because, again, they are contending, right, with those prior support levels a little bit. It feels like the S&P more so than the NASDAQ because it was a bit more extended than the S&P.
2: Right. So the broad market at one point was up as much as 30% off of its October plunge lows of 2022, basically a year later. And now it's up half that. Um, And it is two things. Weak stocks that never participated since last October have gone lower and lower and lower. That's your Zooms and your 3Ms and so forth. And then strong stocks, which have carried the day, uh, accounting for that 30% gain, are all rolling over. That's your home builders, as you talked about, that's Apple and so forth. So... We have this circumstance where um, there's a consensus that we are in a bull market uh, because of uh, some sort of nonsensical thing that we went up 20% off the low. And yet there are no bull markets that start without things like small cap leading, beta leading. Uh, And so this makes this highly unusual, if not unprecedented. And we also know that right now, if one wants to Uh, talk about the market, just as we used to speak of the Dow. What did the Dow do today? Now people have abandoned that, 30 stocks. They talk about the S&P. That started about 22 years ago. Um, But talking about the market, is talking about the Russell 3000, which is, again, 98% of the investable capital in the United States. And right now, um, basically, the median stock is down from where it was on the plunge lows. So uh, the whole thing is in question and if and as of course we were to get a netflix type pop out of both nvidia and apple the market will of course um climb a bit from here if and as we were to get um a google type drop from apple and nvidia the market will be sinking from here and that's kind of the long and short of it And maybe it splits and you get uh, one doing one one doing the other and, and we're just stuck in this malaise but uh the the th- i would just say this the 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 burden of proof is on the, the bull. Um, you don't have to say anything if you're a bear.
0: You brought nine Russell 2000 charts with you. I mean, nine, is a, that's <laughs> extraordinary. So let's sort of walk through them because I've thought, I think Dan agrees with this, you obviously do as well. I think the fate of the market might rest in what's going on with small caps, the most economically sensitive group that has not traded particularly well recently.
2: Right. So this is, and, and long-term charts have their point. Um, they're not going to help you make a buck today, tomorrow, but they're put. Um, they're good for context. So this is an all-data chart um, of the Russell 2000. And if we were to annotate the drawdowns, what you'll see here, of course, is that um, like any uh, uptrend or downtrend, you have trend moves. So there have been a total of 11, um, 20% plus sell-offs drawdowns declines drops whatever you want to call it the average is uh, 37.4 the median is 36. this one as of now is 33 Mm -hmm. and again i think we've got a little bit more to go how much more to go let's try to figure it out let's put a channel and this is from the 09 low let's get rid of everything and just have the channel so it's very clear and now let's telescope in and we'll just look at the channel so this is the actual channel those are mathematically parallel lines from the financial crisis low of 09, which touches the COVID low. And here we are sort of um, having hit our heads in late 2021 at the upper band on our way down to the lower band. Now, do we have to get all the way there? No, but that's my hunch. Let's put some arrows in to annotate this. We can even flash those for fun. The point is that this is a very precise um, set of reference points. And so uh, down arrow, which I think we're getting, and that's the the next slide, Uh, I think ultimately that's that's the risk. And what that represents is, again, 13% down, which you can see. So final chart, the here and now chart, we're basically hovering at well-defined lows and now toying with the prospects of breaking those lows. Someone else could make the case that we're down to such an extent that you can bounce here a bit, sure, but structurally this thing's got a problem. You know, Carter,
1: and and, and again, I, I think starting out with the long term is really helpful, actually, to just kind of put all of those sort of 20 percent drawdowns, you know, peak to trough in some sort of context here. And this one, again, you know, a press here. And, and I know you're going to say it comes down to what is your technique and, and, you know, right. And what is your risk management strategy? If I'm looking at the Russell futures and I'm looking, you know, at, um, a, again, trying to find a, a little, ground here like I almost want to see them bounce towards that kind of 1750 level in the futures a little bit and then look mm-hmm. to put them out here um, but again one of the reasons why you know we detail these trade ideas as it relates to futures is you can put a pretty tight stop in you can keep picking at it a little bit take some a uh, little losses mm-hmm. and see how they act when you get there so so if you're just looking at that chart there you can visualize where that resistance is and I'd almost love to see a little bit of a bounce and to guy's point about this group leading to the downside because of the economic sensitivity, because of the cost of capital is going to hurt them first, and that sort of thing. It feels a little, little overdone near term uh, to me, but I'm going to look for a bounce back towards that breakdown level that was probably, you know, seventeen thirty or so. Guy, does that make sense mm-hmm. to you?
0: Well, it makes sense, especially if the broader. If we're in this bounce formation of the S&P, yeah, I mean, small caps will get dragged up as well. But I do think, and Carter probably will speak to this, I mean, every bounce in this group for the better part of this year, it's yeah. been an opportunity not to, to buy the dip, but to sell the bounce has been the better trade. And I think yeah. that's exactly what's mm-hmm. probably going to happen here. All
1: right. But Carter, the, the other thing that is really important is when we talk about higher cost of capital and the effect of just higher yields in general on, on a very economic sensitive group. We know that there's a lot of, um, you know, regional banks, um, financials in, in mm-hmm. the Russell 2000. Talk to us a little bit of what you're seeing in yields. You know, we had that 5 percent print in the 10 year. It felt like that might've been the thing where, okay, people, people who are playing for higher yields might've gotten the number they were looking for a little bit. Um, what do you think happens from here? Because, um, to me, You know, we got this Fed meeting tomorrow. Uh, We know the CME Fed Funds tracker is pricing, uh, you know, a near certainty that nothing happens. But in the face of some of the hotter economic data that we've seen, some are suggesting that we might have a hawkish pause, which will put a lot of focus on the December meeting, especially if we continue to get hotter data. What are your thoughts on yields right here?
2: Yeah, and we'll look at the yield charts. But, I mean, just my own hunch about one thing we know and uh, whether it's – uh, stated or implied, they do watch the stock market very carefully. And we now have a bit of a sell-off, right? So that um, it's not much, you know, 10 12% in the major stocks, but uh, it's enough to be discussed. They will, they're aware of it. Um, and that might be part of why there's almost a 100% uh, guarantee they're not going to move, even though, you know, the, a lot of the data is still quite hot. Um, let's look at yields. Uh, these are all identical charts, and so there are no lines here. Let's put some in. Uh, this is a um, this is an annotation that depicts every um, dip in yield since uh, the lows of three and a half. So we have a six month ascent, three point five percent to five percent, and we've had these very orderly, which is often the case in an uptrend or downtrend, counter trend moves. And you can see there that if you this is the sixth. As of now, we're down only 22 basis points, but if you look at the uh, sort of the average of the preceding five, it's 31.6% basis point decline and the median is 31. So does it mean that this one's gonna be in line with the median or the average or a little bit more? Uh, But the point is um, it's all very sequential. Let's put the channel in Um, just to make a point. let's, Let's look at the next iteration uh, the down arrow and so the question is do we make it to the lower band final chart uh that's my hunch and one says well it all looks as though it's foreordained right there's some sort of pinball game and it goes it hits the top it's the bottom it doesn't have to be but for now uh that's what that's what I'm thinking
0: and that move that you, and it makes sense. And you've talked, and by the way, you've outlined moves like this over this period of time that have come to fruition in the context of yields that have gone higher. I just contextually, I still, I'm still i still of the belief that yields go higher. Looking at this chart though, you could see a situation where 10-year yields get back down to probably, given the time erosion of that channel, you know, 465 or thereabouts-ish, I'm spitballing. Which means if you want to trade this thing through the lens of the TLT, for example, there's a chance maybe it gets back up to 88 and a half, 89. I think it's trading about 84 and a half right now. So that's how you visually can look at this, and it's how you can trade it if you want. What I'll say though, Dan, is I still think yields, the trajectory is higher. Now, if we break four and a half on the downside, you have to ask yourself, what is going on for that to have happened? It's not going to be something particularly good, in my opinion. So yeah. lower left, upper right still continues maybe a pullback we're in the midst of right now the market seemingly likes that um we're going to talk about gold in a second as well but all roads to me lead to higher yields still and again dollar yen now markedly through 150 yeah and japanese tenure jgb is pushing up towards one percent we haven't seen that in a while either
1: it's interesting you mentioned tlt if they could pull that up here And, and you know into tomorrow's event, and we just talked about the consensus now is kind of a hawkish pause, right? So if it was actually more dovish than some people might expect, then you could probably have a move back to those recent highs. To your point, I think it was about 88 and a Mm -hmm. half a couple weeks ago. So that could just be the knee-jerk sort of reaction um, that we would see in and around a Fed meeting as a lot of people are positioned in that. Carter, we really appreciate you stopping in on a Tuesday. Um, I appreciate it. All this fine work that you see from Carter detailing uh, was on Worth Chart. Look at that. Look at that. Old fashioned technical analysis guy, what, what, what's your tagline? For Nothing
0: him? slick, just charts. So, mm-hmm. what I like to say is no emojis, no hearts, just charts. Just bitch. charts. All right, Carter Braxton. All right, man. I mean, if you saw a worth charting bumper sticker, yeah, right, we should, we should have those. Bumpers. And it said, it said like worth charting, and then below it, it said just charts with the dot 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 bitch. Yeah. That, you'd sell out immediately. All right, but here's the thing. So, I mean, the swag so, we could sell on the back so, of that. So when we came into the show. You know who we could get to. Who's who? the one that, that that's the singer that shaved her head and now she's back? But Britney she, Spears. Britney Spears. Yeah. We could get her to be the spokesperson for Worth Charlie. She would do it. Could you imagine? Yeah. That would be. Anyway, sorry.
1: Uh, yeah. So, so we, No, no, like, no, we got in stop. here. We started with a rundown and we have a lot yeah. to do, but I just want to give you a moment here. Oh. What so you're Rangers. You mentioned this on the way out I yesterday. Did. I They're did. out west. They're on this, 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 yeah. this they got this, you know, a bunch of road games. So the here. Rangers
0: have been the New York Rangers franchise. An original it six yeah. you brought by the way, I know I did full bring this up I did bring it up. I, I didn't give bring you a minute up. to
1: air it out a little <laughs> bit.
0: Original six franchise. Yes. For those playing at home, the Detroit, original Detroit, Chicago, Montreal, and is it Boston? Yeah. And, very good. And the Rangers. That's right. You did That's a nice six. job. Yeah. You said Toronto as well. Good job. Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, That's an no, excellent job. So five. It's original, yeah. the original six, yeah. okay? Rangers have been in existence for 97 years. Yeah. Now, granted, not a lot of Stanley Cups over those 97 years. But I've been a fan since 1971, I think is my earliest memory. Again, probably too much detail. The Rangers embarked on a five-game road trip earlier in October. Took them to Vancouver, took them to Seattle, took them to Winnipeg, Uh, took them to Calgary, and I'm probably missing. doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. In their history, the Rangers have never swept a five games. Last night, down 2-1 in Winnipeg, a game they could have said, you know what, tie it up at two, Chris Kreider out of his freaking mind. Yeah, They go to overtime, but not before a phantom penalty on Ryan Lindgren puts them in the box. Power play for Winnipeg with 18 seconds left in regulation into overtime. They don't score. Shostakov stands on his head. Panarin, who's playing some of the best hockey of his career, feeds the Game-winning goal. We go home. They they go five and five and oh It on really it. is amazing. You don't care? No, I do care, and you know I'm. They a play Ranger Carolina fan. on Thursday it's at a home. Thirty
1: year anniversary of their last yeah. Stanley Cup. Okay, and listen, just that clip, Amanda. You know where to send it to W-F-A-N, Okay, I just because broke we're down trying that to shit. find guy. No, guy does have a down. day job, but but you would love to be. I broke it down. Tonight. All right, that was awesome. I wanted to give you that okay, moment. You don't it's care. Ama- By it's the historic. way,
0: the ra- and now I'm really gonna get into okay. We gotta go. No, we right got now. we gotta go. The Rangers, if you're a Ranger fan, which many of our viewers and listeners are, are yeah. they they historically are shitty in the face-off circle. They yeah. don't win face-offs. Yeah. It's a really remarkable. This year after last night, they are number three in the NHL in face-off win percentage, yeah. coming in almost fifty-five percent. Okay, that's it. That's just you know, I
1: just got an email, and I'm just—it's our two fifty, our football, or NFL football pool. Yeah, I am dead last.
0: How is that? Out of a hundred people,
1: dead last. All right, let's move on. Out of a hundred people, that, yeah, you should win something for being last. I, I think I might. Um, guy, you just mentioned gold. Yeah, let's pull up the gold chart here, and then we, I want to look at the dollar it's too. It's horse, by no, the it way. is, and we talked about it a little bit. We were on the market call on Sirius XM yesterday. Yeah. We got a call from JM and the car sure. firm here. Um. His question was, and let's back let's back this out to a five year now. Okay, because so I think that's what you want to look at. Triple tie quotes. Yeah, if you're listening yeah. to us in the uh, yeah air quotes, um, what did it, what what did your old girlfriend, your high school girlfriend, say? The longer the base, you
0: Louise Yamada. Yeah, the, the, the longer the base, the higher. Not we, out hey base.
1: Diaz, can we get some eyes on? We Louise should get, Yamada? we should get
0: Louise Yamada on this. She'd be great. Yeah, and I we weren't. She's not my okay. We went to grade school together. That's okay, the extent of. But so, you look so, at this chart, okay? So base. you're bringing it up for a good reason. You yeah. obviously had that huge move a couple of years ago. Yeah. That move was rejected, traded sideways for a long time. Another subsequent move rejected, traded up again. I mean, you see what's going. You see the pattern here. Yeah. Well, now the gold is rallying in the face of what's been a stronger dollar, and in the face of what's been higher yields, obviously until the last couple of days. Those are typically, historically, tremendous headwinds that the price usually doesn't like. We've managed not only to hold ground, but to gain ground in the wake of that. Now, if Carter's right and yields do go lower here, that headwind will become a tailwind, and I think gold takes out those previous all-time highs, and that's when I think the next layer or the next round of buying will take place when all the systems get triggered on the buy side. All right, Back so we're, we're, we're going to keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on it. Keep I mean, an it's eye it, it's it.
1: a pretty constructive long-term charts a very nice base but on a short-term basis it's up a whole heck of a lot Uh, let's look at the dollar the aforementioned dollar Mm -hmm. okay the u.s dollar Nice little consolidation here. I mean, that had a really nice run. You know, we spent that time, I think it was in July, August, when that chart, it fell off the bottom right, Right. and it seemed like something was going haywire a little bit here. And so its ability to get back, it had that little V reversal, and it's come, you know, got above those highs from the springer. So now it's consolidating. Are we setting up for a move higher in the U.S.
0: dollar? Okay, so let's just break down why that happened. If you remember, this is now in the – that moved lower – is in the wake of Silicon Valley and all these regional banks. The Fed had to add liquidity. The interpretation is, all right, the Fed's done. They can't continue to hike. They're gonna go back to quantitative easing, blah, blah, blah. And the dollar obviously didn't like that. Then the market came to its senses and said, wait a second, that was sort of a window in time, a snapshot, they're still on course, and that's why the dollar has rallied. Not, Not coincidentally, with yields going higher. To answer your question, okay, Yes, I think the dollar can go higher here. If you do see a little backup in yields or if the Fed comes some dovish pause, whatever nonsense people say, yeah, you'll see the dollar back up here. But I got to tell you something. Given what's going on globally now and you see what's going on with dollar yen, I think the dollar is sort of I don't want to say hair triggered because it doesn't trade that way. But I think the dollar is going to be that wrecking ball to the upside that not a lot of people are paying attention to. Then you're going to say to me, well, if you believe that, there's no way that gold's going to rally. I understand that. Historically has been the case. I think both can happen. I think you can see gold higher, and I think you can see the dollar higher as well. It
1: is interesting though that when you talk about like, so the before. dollar the dollar strength though last
0: year had a lot to do with
1: Euro weakness, right? Yeah. And now it's you know it's basically passed the baton to Japan and, and the kind of end of yield curve control yeah, we, do, YCC
0: we do a podcast on the tape podcast. With Danny we have Moses. one that drops on Monday. That's with Liz Young, sure. you from SoFi, bit. and one that drops on Friday. That's with Danny Moses. Yeah, and your favorite. Well, it's not apparently it, it's with Spotify. I have or Apple a favorite podcast yeah. there. I only mention this because yeah. now it's probably two or so months ago. Yeah. It might be longer. Amanda could probably, maybe it was in August. I, it was I think probably August. We did a podcast entitled Turning Japanese, yeah. where we broke down all the things that we thought were going to happen. And lo and behold, here we are. So that yield curve, YCC, you see every once yeah. in a while, the people are scared to ask, what does that mean? It means yield curve control. Well, that genie's out of the bottle. Well, listen, I'm running on vapors here, guys. So let's let's get oh, to. Oh, sorry. Some... I apologize. No you, see, no, you didn't you didn't see what I did there. Huh? Who who wrote the song? The Vapors. There you go. Yeah. Nothing. Well, nothing. No, the, I mean Turning Japanese was a song by the Vapors and um I believe That on was one... the
1: name of the podcast, Turning Japanese. Yeah. And what did I say to you? I said no, I'm, I'm running, running on vapors. Okay. Okay. Um good job. Jacob saying that was August fourth, the day. That I said happened. I said August third. I was pretty close. You're, you're damn close. Um, let's look at some single stocks, mm-hmm. okay? Because again, you know, we thought that earnings season, um, you know, was going to be a big driver. We're going to get to kind of put the Fed on the back burner. I think tomorrow it'll be interesting to see if we do have some volatility. But I have a feeling that Apple Thursday after the close is going to be a bigger driver for equities. Okay, but we're gonna we're gonna hit Apple tomorrow um let's look at a couple names that are driving like 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 cat is a great one okay caterpillar stock's down six percent today Mm -hmm. look at this stock this was just in august the stock was making 52 week and and were those all-time highs also i mean like it was basically you know, And look at that gap, okay? So it broke out to a new 52-week high. 293, okay? I think it was in
0: the middle of August.
1: Yeah, and uh, on earnings, and to give all of that back, to actually, like, for a company to go out and report results and give guidance and give commentary and analyst Q&A, right, and everything like that, and to have the stock do what it did just three months ago, and now to round trip nearly all of that move, I mean, what does that tell you about the visibility of the company? They have none.
0: Demand destruction backlog is obviously, it's all about demand and visibility to your point. And when it's great, when things are going well and they can justify valuation and it's cheap, it's cheap, it's cheap. The problem of course is these are cyclical companies. And when that changes, that turns on a dime and that visibility that they thought they had, well, they currently don't have. Caterpillar should not move the way it's moving today, especially on a pretty benign tape. Stocks down 6.5% today, which is a remarkable move, especially considering the fact that it's been selling off into this. So you ask, what's the next level? Well, it's not outrageous to think you could trade all the way down to about 205 or so, which I think was the low, the 52-week low this year. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, was in early June or late May. So buckle your seatbelts, folks, because that move through that moving average is now broken that will start to sort of flatten out. And I think this can sort of feed on itself to the downside, especially if the broader market starts to roll. So you just said something that's really interesting. Um, I like uh, I think I, that. I that always stock, say things. No, no, works.
1: no. Well, this one in particular, that the stock in you know, a down 6% in a benign tape, we are seeing um, single stock volatility that I have not really seen since
0: 2020. this is a small company, by no. the way, $115 billion. No, I know, but
1: and also gaps. I think gaps are really mm-hmm. important when you think about charts, that sort of thing, because it means that like the kind of people have spoken, you know what I mean? About going in a direction, whether upper or lower, there's been very few gaps higher of late, but I want to pull up like you, you put this in our chat this morning. Look at this Sarepta uh, therapeutics. Yeah. SRPT. Again, you could pull this one up. I mean, Look at the magnitude of this move. Yesterday, it was Santa Fe. Now, granted, that's a small cap stock. I mean, like, the list goes, we're, we're having some big moves. There are a few. Look at that. Look at that. I mean, like, that is truly uh, Again, amazing. Again, you know,
0: Sarepta, it's probably at its peak was maybe a 15 billion. Again, I'm not, we are not saying this is what the broader market is going to do. That's not your point. That's not no. my point. But again, when you see moves of this magnitude, and again, this is not a $100 million stock. I mean, this is a yeah. $6, 7000000000 billion company. That's sort of scary. I mean, yeah. to your point about single stock moves, the only thing we haven't seen is obviously broader market moves. It's been this rolling thing, all these different individual names. I guess the rub is, when does it manifest itself in the broader market? And that's what we're trying to do. right And hey, listen, hey,
1: just to be fair, look at Arista Networks, ANET. And we talked about this. That's the ticker A-N-E-T. You know, this is a $60 billion market cap company. It's up, you know, 13%, um, better than expected results. I think last week it was down on the meta guidance. It was their capex uh, mm-hmm. guidance. I think maybe they get, you know, 20% of their sales from meta. But this is also the sort of things you hear us use acronyms. You hear us talk some of this stuff. Customer concentration, you know, when you get to a point where there's an inflection point in the economy and companies start pulling back on certain things. When you have a high customer concentration, that's when you start kind of seeing some of these sorts of, um, you know, big moves one
0: way or another. Yeah, it's so real quick. and 26% what's of their sales. Um, are and what's interesting are right. here, because I remember having a conversation because I'm <laughs> looking at it right now. We said you can draw an uptrend line from you earlier this that. year. We said from like April, March, April. You can see it. Your your eyes can see it. And we said that, you know, this level that we just traded down to a week or a week and a half or so ago takes us right down to that trend line. And if you want to go longer than that, Jacob or Steven, you can go all the way back to, I think, January or, you know, March, April, March or April of this. There's your trend line. Yeah. So doing? that uptrend <laughs> line is intact. It mirrors the moving average, as Carter often says. And we actually outlined that last week. Now, you could also draw the parallel line of that and say we're in this up channel that we're probably going to top out it at some point. But that's how you look at charts. Sorry, back to you.
1: Fair enough. All right, let's look at another in the semi sort of st- Bay, look at that, yeah, a little look at little that. channel there. Um, let's look at NVIDIA. Wall Street Journal had a report out that $5 billion of Chinese orders for their mm-hmm. um, advanced GPUs. We know the, the Biden administration has put curbs on the sale um, of those advanced chips. We know that NVIDIA did a workaround with some technical sort of stuff there. So they were able to do that. Um, Listen, we don't need to spend too much time. on That's 150-day moving average. It's sitting right on it. Look at that. It's a textbook, head and shoulders. Our people are really good on the charts.
0: You know what's, by the way, thank you. Doug who has pointed this out for quite some. He's been in front of this. Now, let's just say this. NVIDIA's off cycle, as you've mentioned a number of times. I think they report in December. But you look at the island that was created back in May. 11-21, NOV-21, three weeks. That's when they report, in November. Yeah. The island that was created, see that little gap there? Yeah. If you're just looking in the middle of the chart, that that is still intact. I mean, this is going on five or six months. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if you get a gap open lower, for example, I don't know what happens, but for some reason this thing opens around 380 or so, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you created that island reversal. And get out of the freaking way. Katie barred the door, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what's on the back of, double ordering, triple ordering, they pre-announce. God forbid. Yeah. Well, so, that would be. So here, this will be. All right.
1: So this will be an interesting exercise tonight after the close. AMD reports. Mm-hmm. AMD is going to have chips that are going to come out that are going to compete with these H100, these GPUs that test these uh, generative AI models. Okay. Now here's the deal. Depending upon what they have to say about the availability of these, maybe there's some customer wins. We, I just actually had a great conversation with Deirdre Bosa Debo. on OK Computer. She is the host of CNBC's Tech Check. That's going to drop in your favorite podcast store tomorrow. Spotify so Robin. go check, yeah, go check it out. But we were talking about a bunch of this stuff. How is AMD or anybody who wants to take market share? From NVIDIA, okay, they're going to compete on price. Of course they are. Okay, so think about that, right? So if AMD is going to come out with a chip that's not as good, but it's going to be cheaper when these companies are trying to figure out how to get their costs in line because they don't have a commercialization yet for a lot of these generative AI tools that they're integrating into their products. So AMD, they could like... Both of these companies could do really poorly, meaning like AMD could launch a product. It could be a bad product, but there's going to be plenty of companies that could just buy the product because they don't want to pay what they have to to NVIDIA, right? And that could be a huge dent for NVIDIA. I think NVIDIA will fill in that gap, guy back toward uh, 350. I also mentioned this, that today, as we're talking right now, is below $1 trillion in market cap. So Mm. it's in that zone, it means it's below $1
0: trillion in market cap. Mean anything to you? not really well i'll tell you what it means it means when i had to sit on the desk and listen to when they after they reported yeah. the last quarter when the stock was trading what desk? CNBC's fast money desk that desk so 516 dollars like five,
1: probably probably five twenty like p.m yeah the afternoon yeah yeah,
0: yeah. and talk and listen to the the basically the diatribe of about trillions and tr- trillions and trillions markets. of it yeah Total addressable market valuation doesn't matter. You and it, huh? they're in the catbird seat. And yeah, stock is now going down over $100. Oh, that's that's over 20%.
1: We, we we had to do this all fall we are all win, or like so it does we, go down listen, we had to do it with tesla we had to do it with nvidia okay like look 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 where tesla's pull up tesla here okay tesla's fundamentals have been getting worse at the same time nvidia's obviously have been getting better okay but it's not about the fact of where they are right now like the growth rates it's the fact that they will be decelerating mm-hmm. like that's the main point about the nvidia now let's look at this tesla for a second, because to me, while these companies are very different, obviously, okay, um, the sentiment wrapped up around them is very similar to me, okay? The valuations really probably don't make a lot of sense. And to your point, what you're saying is that 520 on August 21st, when you're sitting on the desk and those numbers came out, you're listening to people talk about things they probably don't know much about, right? But what you know about is sentiment, sentiment, right? Like you knew who's the incremental buyer at 516. You know who it was? Somebody who was short. and Mm, and That's right okay and then all the longs the people who have been who've owned it for this they're selling and that's why the stock has gone from 500 to 400 but if you tell me that this company's growth decelerates further it was 70% year over year then it went to 40% year over year and then it gets into the teens when they report on November 21st or something like that the stock's going lower okay so just real quickly guy on this one on the tesla this is a perfect storm okay, for what's going on in this company. Rates, this is the product that needs to be financed, okay? so Musk talked about it on the call. Well, he wouldn't shut up about it. But they've lowered the prices of these cars. Six times. Six times, okay? At a time, I don't know if you noticed this. Did you see the UAW? They just did these deals with Stellantis, with Ford, with GM. What do you think that does? If you're a Tesla auto worker and you see- I want more money. I want more money. So they're cutting costs because they think there's price elasticity in their product. I hope So it doesn't prove to be the case, and now all of a sudden, if the story is that margins are getting worse on these cars that they're making,
0: and now there's going to be upward pressure on wages from their workers. No bueno. The bull case for Tesla a quarter or so ago was that was trough and trough margins, and margins were going to start to reaccelerate. By the way, the stock was trading, I think around two forty five, two fifty or so at the time. Mm-hmm. Now you see where it's trading, and nothing's really changed, and Listen, you cut prices if you think there's going to be the flip side of it is going to be commensurate or more demand, and you make it up on that end. You're not seeing it, yeah, which I, is a problem. I mean, I listen, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, Nvidia is a great, Nvidia is a really important company. It's not an indictment of Nvidia the company. It's an indictment of the marketplace the valuations that the market put on the back of it
1: well here's the other thing that that's interesting that this stock tesla has sold off as dramatically as it has it was 300 before they reported that q2 result earlier in the summer and and you see where it is right now um below uh 200 or in, in around that where is it right now i'm looking yeah it's just it's right at 200 um you also saw this headline that Twitter, um, they're marking the value down to $19 billion on basically the one year anniversary when Elon paid $44 billion. So he put up a lot of equity. He took a lot of debt, $13 billion in debt. And we also know that the, um, ad revenue, which is largely how they are going to basically pay back that debt is down, I think over like 50% or something like that. So when you think about that from the Twitter, the lower Tesla goes, the more pressure It puts on Elon, right? The lower the valuation in Twitter goes, um, you know, you better hope these SpaceX uh, rockets still, still go up and don't blow up, you know, that sort of thing. Because, I don't know, I've said this for like a year and a half now, Tesla shareholders are like literally on the hook for this Twitter deal. They just matter of fact are. So, now look at that. Look at that!
0: Wow, who did that? Jacob, Amanda, Amanda Stephen—that's fantastic.
1: I don't know. All right, well, that's our little. All right, just, just before scroll. we get out of here, guys, just real quick on the that's, AMD. That's Musk in the middle. I, I want to make one point about semis here. Taiwan Semi a couple weeks ago told us they're seeing basically some stabilization in smartphones P- and yeah, PCs. Okay, so they're looking out to 24 and they're saying reacceleration. Intel, you saw what they did. Okay, not as bad as people expected, and while they don't have any sort of real foothold as it relates to AI chips you know, exam, uh, advanced GPUs, AMD is clearly there. Like they're on the doorstep. They're going to tell you in 2024. So could this stock set up for a near-term rally the way we saw um, Intel rally? If we have PCs, if we have yeah. smartphones, if we have data if it's all kind of stabilizing a little bit. We did hear from some of the industrial semis that industrial is not good. We heard from on semi that industrial is not good. They pointed to one uh a, a car manufacturer and I people think it was tesla It was one of, so a lot of mixed
0: mixed signals here but this thing you know the setup the setup on the long side is the best it's been in a while yeah. i mean it's been selling off effectively since that zen that 135 high or so i think in late what was it in june or so yeah. i don't even know so yeah i mean the setup is really good here they don't have to say a whole hell of a lot to get the stock up that that eight percent so yeah if you're looking for a trade, you can trade this. One All the right. Long so, side. so the
1: implied move in the options market, um, I'm looking at the at-the-money straddle. So the stock is like 97.60. I'm looking basically at the 97 straddle. That's the call premium, and the put premium. You put that together, you get about seven and a half dollars. You can do that math there. That's about eight percent in either direction. So if you want to play with the five risk in the weeklies, now if you let's just say you just bought the 98s and you paid, let's say three and a half bucks. Okay, one and one and a half. That's what you need. Mm-hmm. Now. That's in two trading days or three trading days. Not a great risk reward, but if you had a lot of conviction, that's one way to do it. I would say that if you're long the stock, buying the 98s at like 4 bucks, that's a really expensive hedge. You don't want to really do that either. You know what I mean? So I, we just break it down a little bit so you can see how the options market, market is pricing it. And it's kind of um, it's kind of rich, I would say.
0: If it's kind of rich, then you know what? You buy the stock and you sort of say, you know what? I'm going to play. The, I'm going to just play a little. St-. You don't get the leverage yeah. that you get in options. But if it's too rich in terms of vol, you want to buy the stock here for a trade. I don't Leave know what you Look at you. Leverage. Leverage. Yeah. That's like. Oh, by the way, shout out to Wilf. Oh yeah, Wilfred Frost had a baby, and his wife Kaylee had the baby. Actually, he was probably just there with the support and everything like well, that. Husband and wife, yeah. So the baby together. That kid. So they named the be... baby after Wilf's brother who yeah. passed away. Yeah, Miles. It's beautiful, it's a really nice name. Wilf's the man. Miles. Like, there's a lot of there. Miles is a pretty cool. Miles. Name. All right, so a little, little a guy in baseball. baseball. Oh, that's awesome. yeah. So we got to get out of here. Yeah, a man like money. There's a genius late. who works. By on the way, if you Ranger fan, yeah. exactly. And you always walk in and you say, "Miles, seven and two New York Rangers, pretty good. Really, have only played I think two home games, and so they come back to the Magic World on Thursday. Play Carolina. Carolina is always a good squad. That's going to be a test. And I don't even think, and you've been talking about this, Amanda as well. I don't think Sturken has played his best we'll hockey not yet. Yet, not. And two, if you think games. about it, I mean, this is doing with Mika's only got two goals. I mean, you're doing this really on the back of Panarin, Alexei Lafreniere, is, is you could tell. He's starting to understand how the game is played. You don't care about any of this shit. That's it for Market Call. I want to thank the great Carter Braxton Worth, Dan Nathan. Thank the audience. Fact set, as always, CME Group, our great sponsor. Where risk meets opportunity. Risk is going to meet opportunity on Thursday night. Yeah. By the way, all you Net fans, three Net fans out there, congratulations on your first win last night. Enjoy that. (laughs) Uh, We'll see you tomorrow. All right, see you later.